Welcome to this episode of the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. And they call me Ron. So, in today's episode, we're going to continue our series about Marvel's Cinematic Universe, and we're going to talk about Phase 3 yes, of indeed. the Infinity Saga. Yay. The 23 epic opera arc extravaganza something 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 or other. The 23 movies? 23. 23 masterpieces. Uh, so, we're just going to get right to it, and we're going to start right off with Captain America Civil War. Uh, Captain America Civil War came out in the United States on May 6th, 2016, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, uh, screenwriting by Marcus and McFeely, and executive producer by our friend of the show, I wish, Kevin Feige. <laughs> One day he'll be my friend. <laughs> One day. Budget of $250 million and box office $1.153 billion. With That's a with B. a B. Billion with a B. Billion with an L. Movie starred the usual cast. So, okay, hold on. Before I get into who starred in this movie, this movie might have been should have been Avengers Part 3 because, I mean, it had everybody in it. It like, was essentially an Avengers literally, movie. Literally, when I'm writing the notes... For Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, I put starring everyone because it's true. <laughs> so this movie, I should have done that, but since it's the first one on the list, I didn't. And it's, so stars Chris Evans. Oh, there's some newbies in here, so hold on. Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Paul Rudd, Tom Holland as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man uh. makes his first appearance in this movie. Chadwick Boseman as King T'Challa and Black Panther. Jeremy Renner. Anthony Mackie, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, and Daniel Brühl as Zemo. I don't think he was Baron Zemo, but he was Zemo. Yeah, I don't think he was and referred to as Baron in the entire movie. He but, wasn't wearing a. He wasn't wearing like a, a, a onesie, like a a full on onesie. <laughs> He's coming back in the uh, Disney Plus shows. Oh, they've announced. So I thought he died. I thought he like shot himself, but I guess that's not true. No. Tune what? in to find out. So, the movie starts out, and the Avengers are dealing with the after effects of Avengers Age of Ultron, and what happened in Sokovia, where everything was destroyed, and it kind of took messages from that movie where things were uh, getting destroyed, and like... It, it, Essentially, it's what people addressed in Man of Steel, for Man of Steel, for this movie, with the <laughs> amount of destruction that the Avengers caused, and like, in, in true fashion, because the superheroes were real, somebody would have to pay for that, and the governments of the world were like, hey, you probably shouldn't just do what you want, because somebody has to pay for you this. You can't throw a city in the sky, put it back down, and expect us to be okay with it. Yeah, pretty much, and... They, like, Man of Steel, I think they say the the, da- the damage and, like, destruction was in the trillions. Like, the GDPs would, of countries would just be gone. And the destruction in this, I don't think, was ever calculated. If somebody was, please, like, tweet us, tweet that to us, because I'd really love to know. Yeah. 
Um, Some nerd probably did it. I'm sure, like, Sokovia is, like, Slovakia or, like, Latvia, Estonia, one of those places, Belarus, Ukraine. A place where it's just black and white all the time. They haven't seen color yet. That's home to me. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Oh, my. Um, so, those, so I would, I would guess it would be like something like that, but so the governments of the world, you have your Thunderbolt Rosses, who is, I think now secretary of state, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, he's got a cabinet position in the government and the rest, I'm assuming other world leaders are meeting in Europe to discuss basically somebody's got to keep these superpower people in line and who's going to pay for the damage and how do we make it so that it's not going to be super expensive to save the world which in hindsight 2020 it's not gonna ever happen because you know the bad guys just don't care and it's just what it's gonna be the movie starts off and the avengers are presented with the sokovia accords and the sokovia Accords state what we were just talking about and there is a split so in the comic what happened was in the Civil War comic, the first one, was the a group of young superheroes kind of were filming stuff, trying to save a bunch of people in California, and they it kind of went out of control, and innocent people died. And then it got all over the news. They filmed it, and it was it got worldwide attention. And then somebody is like, "Hey, nobody keeps these people in check," and these are like these young people these young kids who have these powers and what are we going to do? So there were two camps or two factions formed Iron Man and Captain America, which same as this movie. And Iron Man was in favor of, you know, keeping people in check and making sure that everybody was registered. They revealed their identity and they fell in line. Captain America was all about freedom of speech and all about, you know, freedom of expression and against basically it was uh is it the are you for or against the patriot act which was what we were going through in the united states at the time uh so that's how it goes and basically they they get different sides they join then they fight and that's what happens so in the movie they fight over the sokovia Accords, and this movie i feel like i mean it technically like with the cast of people who are in it it is technically an Avengers movie, but they just, I guess, didn't call it that. And they, it's one of the, I think the movie could have been more important than it actually was. It does set up some character development for uh, Captain America and Iron Man between uh, uh, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. They kind of aren't speaking after this. They're not on speaking terms. And it, so... To continue on with the plot of the movie, the Sebastian Stan's character, Bucky, uh, the Winter Soldier, he makes his appearance, and he is, Baron Zemo kind of frames him for blowing up the uh, UN building and killing King T'Challa's father. So, uh, this faction's already starting to form. You have Robert Downey Jr., I mean, sorry, Iron Man's side, and you have Chris, Chris Evans, Captain America's side of things, and they kind of go at it so then in the airport is the most famous scene of the movie where the characters ultimately end up coming up together and fighting each other um tom holland's peter parker spider-man makes his first appearance in the marvel mcu marvel and sony came to an agreement and they uh, allowed like the character to be shown in avenger uh, in the marvel cinematic universe rightfully so spider-man is 
arguably the most iconic Marvel character ever? Spider-Man, definitely. I think globally, like, if you show a picture of Spider-Man to anybody, it's... it's Spider-Man. It's Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. There's your one, two, and three. I would say, yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny are up there too, but they're not superheroes. So to you, to somebody, yeah. Bugs Bunny has like well, all Looney Tunes should be superheroes because of their plot armor, invincibility. Yeah, <laughs> their superpowers, plot armor. Yeah, they fight in the airport scene, and this is also where we get. Is this 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 is not the first appearance of Ant Man? No, no, the first appearance of oh, Ant Man no. is Ant Man. The movie right before um, this one, yeah. Right, so then we knew, we were familiar with the character already at that point. Um, uh, I also like how they show, so I kind of got the feel from Elizabeth Olsen's uh, Scarlet Witch or Wanda character where uh, Tony Stark wants to keep her in Avengers headquarters and just like leave her there because he's like, hey, you're stupid powerful and you can pretty much, you know, destroy the world if you want to. So... What, and so he has Vision kind of watch over her, and she just gets annoyed. She's like, I I don't want to be here. Like, I want to go out. So then she ends up ultimately siding with Captain America because of the restrictions and the fear that's being put in place. Ultimately, we find out that Bucky is responsible for Tony's parents' death. <gasps> and oh. Zemo... I, we're skipping, like, a bunch of the plot, but, like, you should watch the movie for yourself. But... yeah. Zemo if you're listening to kinda, this and you don't know the plot, stop and then go watch the movie and come back. Well, first you should uh, delete it, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-download, and then listen. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so they, so they, uh, Zemo is behind it all, and he's kind of he was the one who was buying the UN bombing. He's trying to take this Russian journal to brainwash Bucky and get him to do what he wants him to do. And then um, at the end, Captain America, Iron Man, and they Bucky, and they end up at, I guess, Zemo's lair where he has these other Russian super soldiers ready to wake up. And that's when he shows them the video. And then Captain America is like, no, you killed my mom. And he goes... You mean Iron Man. You said Captain America. I'm sorry, you're right. Iron Man, Captain America's mom died before the war. Uh, Iron Man is like, you killed my mom. And they go into a fight. And the fight between Captain America and Iron Man is probably the best thing about this movie. It is a great fight. It's um, a boner. (laughs) Mikey, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, man. Honestly, I think my favorite and honestly the most iconic scene from this entire movie is the Vision cooking paprikesh for Wanda. (laughs) Like pronounced paprikash. Yeah, I mean the guy's wearing a scarf when he's like seducing Wanda. Like, come on, how many guys can honestly say that they've done that? Zero, because visions are robot. Not me. <laughs> it's it's fair. Have you ever had paprikash? No, I ha- I haven't. What does it taste like? Re- it's really good. It's like a Hungarian chili. You make it with dumplings, really, and uh, like chicken in it. It's got like a tomato sauce kind of base. Uh, I think you put bacon fat in it too, and it's uh, it's really good. <laughs> Could you tell? You'd just be like, "Ooh, there's bacon fat." <laughs> I know. Good somebody, choice. Somebody told me when they made it 
to like, oh, by the way, I use like. A oh, I thought you were talking fat. about Vision. Was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. you were like watching the movie, and he's like, he put bacon fat. My it's mouth genius. sensors tell me that this was made. Yeah. <laughs> and it's loaded with paprika. I don't know if that's where the name comes from, Paprikash Paprika, but it's like. Was Vision built in that in the Sokovia area? So is he like an Eastern European <laughs> android? Like, is that his heritage? Like, does he call Sokovia his home world? His home well, country? Wasn't, I think wasn't he built like in the airplane on his way? Like then Ultron, as he was building, like he's born in like multiple countries depending on oh, his so body he's part. Oh, so international android. <laughs> yeah, he's a citizen wow. of the world. He's a citizen. Yeah, he's a citizen of no one and the world. It's like when all those kids come together and put their rings and make Captain Planet. Yeah, he's a citizen of the world. He li- he could be Captain Planet. Speaking of Don Cheadle. <laughs> oh yeah, he loses his legs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he loses his legs. Yeah. He Christopher so, Reeved it. He pretty much yeah. Except that's instead of falling soon, off a man. horse, he fell. <laughs> Thousands of feet out of the air. <laughs> Rowdy! So, <laughs> so uh, T'Challa realizes that Zemo is behind it all. Uh, <gasps> confronts him. Zemo supposedly shoots himself, but I guess not now. No, no, because the Black Panther like is just like, this is no time to die, or like you know, justice has come for you, or vengeance has consumed you, some bull crap. And then he like blocks it with his hand he's not ghost rider <laughs> vengeance doesn't consume him. no i'm pretty sure that's the line no something like that oh, he wow. would have said something I'm, like I'm super I'm, go- I'm using my google powers no bully or something ghost rider, ghost. You <laughs> ghost rider. but anyway that was a so, toy commercial by the way oh, really they took the crossfire song and they were like ghost rider you get caught up in the <laughs> ghost rider ghost rider so like from Mattel. When I watched the movie for the first time, I was totally on like Captain America's side because I'm more like, yeah, freedom is freedom is freedom, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but now that as you're like talking about it, where you're just like, yeah, these people need to be watched and like you know they need to be responsible. I'm like, yeah, if I lived in that world, I would be like Captain America just threw a garbage can through my house, <laughs> not even like a window. He threw it through my house. Yay, communism. Yeah, and he's not going to pay for it. <laughs> and my insurance isn't going to cover a superhero throwing a garbage can through my house. So, like, I'm just f- screwed. <laughs> I bet the insurance companies, like, flow from Progressive is just waiting for superheroes to be a thing so you can add that to the people's oh policies and charge you another $500 for this coverage that you're never going to need. And Yeah, exactly. Like Just like flood insurance. <laughs> Who uses flood insurance? Dude, insurance companies in New York were, like, salivating during, like, Avengers. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, our premiums. <laughs> Didn't they cover that a little bit in Daredevil? I thought that they did. Uh, in Spider-Man they did, too. But yeah, in Daredevil, they touched upon the aftermath of the incident. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so Black Panther's quote is, Vengeance has consumed you. It's consuming them. I'm done letting it consume me. Justice will come soon enough. All right, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Thank you for that cameo. Ron, I'm surprised you were Black Panther. That was that reading was so good. Credit to Chadwick Boseman. Phenomenal job as Black Panther. I had no idea the dude was from the United States. I thought he was British the whole time. And I was like, oh, when I hear him in an interview, he's going to have a British accent. No. I think he might be from New York. 
<laughs> like, his, his American, like, I, because there's a commercial going on right now for the preview for 21 Bridges, and he's in it, and I'm listening, I'm like, you're not British? <laughs> what? <laughs> he does the, he does the, the accent so well, and I'm like, oh, I did not expect you to be American What's at all. funny is, I don't believe his accent in 21 Bridges for a second. <laughs> but 21 Bridges is like, the, that's how he speaks in real, like, watching interviews. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's... The, the, like the New York accent that he has, that's how he talks in real life. That's wow. that's. I think that's Google it, Ron. I think that's where he's I was from. Just, I was just gonna say he uh, he was born in South Carolina, went to college around D.C. and also not New York. Yeah, and then you know a couple years later he started to work in Harlem. So that is New York. Yeah. Yeah, but at that point, he's not going to get a New York accent. Well, I mean, he's a great he actor, can. so he can yeah, do whatever accent he wants. I mean, I Harvey Keitel is English, but he lost his accent. Guys, right. Harvey Keitel? Nope, no one? Okay, cool. No, no one. <laughs> Playable, move to combat, and turn. Okay. What grade do you give Captain America Civil War? B+. plus. Only because Tom Holland made me cry when he was Spider-Man because he was so good. Like, he is the perfect Spider-Man, in my opinion. Debatable. Well, okay. That guy in the 90s cartoon. He's the best motion picture Spider-Man. Because, you know, how people are like, well, Tobey Maguire was a good Peter Parker, and Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man. Tom Holland does the best of both. He does. And he's almost the best by himself in each category. Ron? Uh, I am going to give this, um, this this grade is probably a little bit too harsh, but it's uh, it's going to be an A- minus for me. Wow, really hard. We don't do minuses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I guess it's a B plus. Uh, maybe an A. Cool. I don't know. I, I teeter like every once in a while because I think like standing alone, I think it's still a good movie for like a couple points. Um, you know, because Captain America makes the point like, what if we need to go somewhere where we're needed and they don't allow us to, and then at the end of the movie. Like, Iron Man has to do that exact same thing. And then Iron Man makes the point to Captain America, and he's like, we need somebody, like, looking over us with all the destruction that we made. And then, like, look what happens to, to Rhodey. So, like, they each make points, and then they prove each other right. So the I think the film does a really good job at, like, showing that there's actually two sides to this argument. Plus, I actually, like, in retrospect, how Iron Man 2 was bolstered by Captain America 2... I think this movie was made better by Infinity War and Endgame because if this, like, if, if Civil War didn't happen and, like, the superheroes agreed, I don't think Thanos would have won. If they didn't agree, he wouldn't have won? No, like, if, yeah, like, if the, no, so, like, if the Avengers agreed on the Sokovia Accords one way or another. Oh, oh, like oh, it, Like, oh. if they didn't break up, they would have beat Thanos. Got you. I give this movie a D, by the way. I think it's boring as fuck. Wait, seriously? Really? The airport scene and the fight between Captain America and Iron Man, where at the end, with the shield, with like throwing the shield and all that, Zemo is a terrible villain. What the fuck? Terrible, terrible villain for this movie, anyway. Um, I think it was 
like uh, Black Panther did a, a great job being in it. Spider Man was just in it to just be like, hey, he's here, um, which I guess is fine. Uh, it is just boring. Like the comic version was way better. Sorry, one of those people. No, absolutely not. It's uh, no. You go from Captain America not. two to this. What was the last time you read the Civil War comic? Actually, uh, three months ago. Okay, I read it a few years ago, and that the the movie is way better. I have to tell I you. I think what made, I think what made the movie good. Why I like the movie so much is because it was coming after. Phase two, which kind of was like sputtering oh. in with, if it came, it's better than a lot of other movies. But like, I mean, no, I don't even think that's true. It's better than Iron Man three. Iron Man three is hot garbage. But like, it's better than Thor. Debatable. But th- this is like, maybe I don't know. I'm gonna stick with the D D plus. Sure, that's a grade that exists but don't anymore. Use but here. but like, no, we do do plus. We don't do minus. <laughs> <laughs> so, the I, I I stick by that because this movie could have been an Avengers and should have been an Avengers plot point. This could have been the entirety of Phase Two. Like this was so important of an issue and of a thing and a monumental milestone that it needed more than just this movie. And they kind of have it bleed into the other ones with Captain America and Iron Man, and like the beef that they have, and they don't really make up until Endgame. Other than that. It's just, this movie should have been way more important than it was. How dare you not give the movie where Winter Soldier and Falcon are sitting in another car watching Captain America make out with his granddaughter. (laughs) A D. That's at least a B. Oh, I think Captain America gave her the D. (laughs) It's a real, like... Oh my god, I'm hysterical. Fry... screwing his mom his grandma right (laughs) so i guess i'm the one with the unpopular opinions but that is what i feel about it i will watch it i'll watch any of them if they're on tv but again i think this could have should have been way more important i think it could have gotten part one part two it should have been there instead of ultron you should have saved ultron for later um that would have been more and then have it there. the effects of that bleed into this movie like Captain America 3 could have been like Civil War Backlash or whatever you want to call it well I, this movie all set up the re- like this movie was the big climax for the rest of the um for the phase because all the movies were the fallout from it, it like is- Ant-Man and Wasp directly if- was affected by that it is yeah you're right yeah that's true okay you got a point you have a point. Yeah. All right, all right, good point, good point. Want to go to space, little puppy? I'll take you to space. I have a cup. What the f- <laughs> what are you talking about? Next movie! I, uh... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I like that line from Rocket in Endgame. Anyway, moving on to movie number two in phase three is Doctor Strange. Came out November 4th, 2016. Directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed Sinister and Day the Earth Stood Still, the most recent one with Keanu Reeves. Really? I thought he directed the one in the 1950s, Mike. <laughs> wow, you know, what a he... cool fact. Wow. <laughs> you know, with the hormones in the milk, he might have. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. They put hormones in milk, and that's why we live longer. 
The screenwriters were... John... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screenwriter John Spates wrote Darkest Hour Prometheus, which underrated movie, by the way, and we're going to talk about Alien Oh, someday. absolutely not. Are you kidding me? That's a podcast Go I will not you be a part of. Passengers, Mike. The Mummy, the new Dune movie, and a movie that doesn't need to be made, Minecraft. Speak for yourself. Executive produced by our buddy Kevin Feige. Call me. Or you. at me at Twitter, please. Be my friend. Follow me. I love you, Kevin. Uh, budget is $236.6 million, and a box office gross, 677.7. This point seven is $700,000 million. Thank you for mathing that. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Stephen Strange slash Dr. Strange. Chiwetel Ejiofor as Carl Mordo. Yeah. Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer. Benedict Wong as Wong. I wanted to do that on purpose. Mads Mikkelsen as Cassilius and Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. And boy, was there backlash on that cast. I thought she was great. I did too. I, th- I forgot she was Angel Gabriel and Constantine. Oh, shit. But she was. Yep, she was. Another Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, so this is an origin story of Doctor Strange, the character, how Stephen Strange becomes Doctor Strange. He is a world-class uh, physician, surgeon, and he gets into an accident and loses the use of his hands. So he hears of a uh, of a Eastern medicine, and he seeks out to go uh, and do that so he can heal his hands, so he can return to his money and his glory as being a surgeon. And he could go back to being a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's peak dickhead in the Marvel Universe in this movie. <laughs> oh, someone has a spine injury? Fuck that. Bring me something good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this movie, and because of that line with the spinal injury, and that's Rhodey, it, there is our one of the first uh, called out, um, I guess, plot holes or loopholes or paradoxes of the Marvel Universe. Because in Captain America Civil War... The S.H.I.E.L.D. agent says, he lists off people's names, and he says, like, as their threats, and he's like, Stephen Strange. Mm-hmm. I believe they tried to retcon this as Stephen Strange could be a threat one day because of how great of a surgeon he is, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, but, you He's know, gone mad. Sure. He's well, he's sewing animals to each other. I, I think... But, he's creating a deer bear. <laughs> deer bear but, coming to know, a theater near you. I guess I wouldn't fuck with a deer bear, by the way. Deer bear. Uh, I mean, like man bear pig. <laughs> but I guess like the writers and everybody just didn't think people would notice about that. But people are people, and the internet is a thing. So he ends up at the you know learning from the ancient one. He battles uh, Cassilius, and he ends up you know we see Dormammu, who is a big villain in the Marvel comic book world and he we see the time stone which is one of the infinity stones and we see it used and doctor strange creates that infinite loop and then he ends up winning and Dormammu releases him and doctor strange saves the day <laughs> i <laughs> and doctor strange good job strange. good job i mean proud of you I don't want to like go through the plot by plot and be like this happened this and then next this happened and next that happened because like watch the movie I'm just giving you like a three sentence synopsis on it because it's a great movie I mean I'm just gonna go right in my grade and I'm like this movie is a solid B plus yeah fantastic origin story yeah um, Benedict Cumberbatch wonderful casting everybody and their mother was great in this movie 
Wong is hilarious. Uh, Tilda Swinton is convincing as the Ancient One. Um, the special effects were great when they go into the uh, the other dimension and everything starts moving around. Um, it's got humor with like the cape and how it acts like the magic carpet from Aladdin. He's the he's a good boy. The cape, great all around. Yeah, he's I a think, good boy. Uh, I would. I can't wait for the next one, which we'll talk about in our Phase Four episode. But I, I, I saw a B plus. Like, just I don't really think there's anything wrong about the movie. I don't think there's anything really bad about the movie. Um, it's not like, you know, I wasn't like blown away like I was with like Endgame or Infinity War. But mm-hmm. it was it's great. Yeah, solid movie. Yeah. Not much bad to say. Uh, what what grade do you give it? I'd say B. I'm pretty burnt out on the Marvel origin films, and the fact that this one got me excited about my origin films. Um, I really, really liked it. Yeah. I huh. I said in the last episode that every origin film is the same. Did you not watch Black Panther? Oh, I guess pre-up to that point. Yeah. Never mind. Up until Ant-Man, they had the same formula. This is the first... Well, even this one I was going to say, Ant-Man's kind of formula. the same formula as Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man, Thor, Cap, Ant-Man. All of them are the same movie. And Doctor Strange is kind of the same movie. It just has a lot of more bells and whistles, I would say. The, and my small brain really liked those bells and whistles. The scene in the hospital with uh, him and Rachel McAdams where she has to do the surgery and like he's like astral projecting and they're like fighting that way. That was really well done. Really good. It's different. It's a different kind of origin. It covers the same plot point because it is an origin story. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Ron? Uh, I actually would give this movie a B-. minus. Um, There's no minuses. <laughs> okay. C plus. Well, since I can't do minuses, I'm going to give this movie a B-. Minus. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my, my biggest takeaway from this movie, like the biggest positive from it, was watching an interview with Benedict Wong, who plays Wong, uh, you know, obviously when he's out of character and that is not the accent that he has at all. So that was a, that was a big positive for me. Probably one of the bigger negatives though, was Dr. Strange when he's just like, you know, at the end of it, when he's facing Dormammu, like Dormammu in the, um, in the comics is like this huge fireball and Dormammu was like not a huge fireball. And that was a huge letdown for me. So yeah, B minus. Are you thinking of Mephisto? No. Oh no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. My bad. I know my I'm bad. right. My bad. Wait, you're my bad. My bad. Giving it a lower grade because you didn't like the character, and it didn't remind you of the comic? Huh. Weird. I wonder what that reminds us of. And the Earth flat. Moving on. A Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume Two. Oh, oh, can I take this? Can I take this? Be my guest. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, it's the follow-up to the sequel of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, but when it came out, it was only Volume 1. <laughs> so, this movie is directed by James Gunn, screenwritten by James Gunn, choreographed by James Gunn. <laughs> this movie was executively <laughs> produced by Mike's future friend, Kevin Feige. <laughs> Yo, one day we're gonna be friends, and you'll all see. He's gonna come over for dinner, 
I'm gonna post a Snapchat, and you're gonna see, and we'll be friends. And you're gonna make him the thing that Vision made Scarlet with. Paprikash? Yeah. I'll make a paprikash. With bacon fat. <laughs> okay. And it's gonna be beautiful. Watch him be a vegan, and I'm like, well, I gotta change the recipe now. I actually... No bacon fat. I actually know this really good recipe for paprikash. It starts with a budget of $200 million, and the box office for this movie was $863.8 million. Starring, you know, everyone that was in the first. So Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, former wrestler, Bradley Cooper, former wrestler, Vin Diesel, former car, um, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillian. Uh, introducing Palm... Clementive. Yeah, that. Uh, also introducing... Asmantis. Yeah, Asmantis. Uh, Elizabeth... Yeah, her as Aisha. And then Chris Sullivan. Sullivan. Oh, yeah, as Taserface. And. No, say it right. (laughs) Don't make me. Taserface! There you go. And the villain of this movie, screen legend of Escape from New York 2, even escapier. Kurt Russell as Ego the Living Planet. The plot to this movie was actually one of the most interesting and unique plots of all the Marvel movies. <laughs> so it starts out, um, so the Guardians are just like being Guardians and like they're trying to like protect these batteries or something. And then like all of a sudden this monster comes down and he's like, oh, I'm a monster. And then Baby Groot is like Baby Groot and he don't know nothing. And so, like, the, the, like, the Guardians are, like, shooting at this thing, and then they kill it. And then the, the people, who are the, who are the gold people again? Oh, I'm just going to call them the gold people. The gold people. The gold people. Yeah, the gold people are all, all like, hey, bud, um, we're going to pay you. Don't steal our batteries and get out of here. And then they do, but Rocket steals some batteries. And then, like, they, they're off on an adventure, and, like, they find out that, like, Rocket stole the batteries. And then the gold people are like, yo, we're, we're going to kill them. And then they, like, go to kill him. And then, like, Kurt Russell is all like, yo, man, like, hi. <laughs> How's it going? And then, like, he saves him. And then it ends up that, like, Kurt Russell is Chris Pratt, a.k.a. Star-Lord's dad. And Chris Pratt is like, oh, my God, I've been looking for my dad this entire time. And, uh, you know, everyone else is just there. And then at the end of the movie, Michael Rooker's character, Yondu, is just like, I'm always your daddy. And like you know, in between there, there's some fights and stuff, and then the movie ends and the Guardians win, and that's the plot. I think that sums it up great. That, thank you. Nailed it. I mean, even though his father should be Jason, but we're not going to go there. Uh, and it's its own universe, Michael. Mm-hmm. And this movie is just good. I don't. It's, it's just the worst of the phases. Of this phase. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. That's not saying I, like, that it was bad. So, it's just the worst because there's so many good ones. I actually think I really this movie was the have... second worst of the phase. Well. No. Captain America Civil War. You're right. What's the worst? <laughs> this was next. We'll get to it. This movie, I mean, I don't really have much to say about it because it's just there. Yeah, it's fine. I don't have any problems with it. I don't really. I mean, it was good. I don't like. There's good. There's funny moments. It's it's fine. Chris Pat, Pratt acting serious for once. 
Um, I like the love triangle. Like, they're, they're developing the relationship more. I mean, it, it takes place, like, what, two weeks or two months after the first one? So, I like the relationship building between um, Gamora and Star-Lord, which is, which is fine. Um, Nebula becomes more and more of a character in herself. I think the Ego is a Celestial. Yeah, Something yeah. related to the Celestials, which will take place with the Eternals. Yeah. Um, interesting though, I believe, I believe this was the pretense, pretext for, and the only thing that matters is the after credit scene with Adam Warlock. Yes, it was. Which we might see in the future movie. So otherwise it's like, it's fine. I mean the, the, oh, the scene with Yondu and like his untimely death is, I think, the relationship, like the father, he was the father that Star Lord never had, mm-hmm. and he, even though he gave him a hard time and everything, he was like he raised him, and he, t- he cared about him. So it showed a humanized version of that. I think Michael Rooker did a fantastic job. Very different context from Michael Rooker in Walking Dead and um, Henry the Portrait of a Serial Killer to this. Like mm-hmm. very underrated actor, I think. But I mean, it, I think I had more to say about Guardians One than this one, yeah. and I just think this suffers what most number twos do except for so uh captain america 2 that it's just it's there yeah it's fine playable did its job made money it's playable and limited did you give your grade um i'm gonna give it a c c just average mm-hmm. same way ron um yeah a a, a plus plus <laughs> 110 extra credit Okay, just, like, a little background. There's a couple of YouTubers that I, like, respect and, like, their opinions on who have a very, very slanted view of this movie that they really, really love this movie. I don't know. Like, to me, Drax's character is worse in this movie. It's just like the first movie, except, like, everything is just a little bit worse. Um, I would say, like... I can get behind that. C plus, B minus at, at best... No minuses. C plus B. (laughs) Well, pick one. (laughs) This is the difference between a 77 and an 84. If we had minuses, it wouldn't be. (laughs) This is the difference between honor roll and sleeping outside. Okay, well, I'm going to let it sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, I feel like I have a question there. I really hope that she did that. Just no because comment. it'd be funny. No. Um, yeah. No okay. I'll, uh, C plus. <laughs> All right. There it is. And one day we're gonna go into each one and do watch alongs. So that'll happen someday. Yeah. Um. Next on the list is take us there. I will take us there. Spider Man Homecoming, July seventh, two thousand seventeen. Nice. Directed by John Watts, who directed Clown and Cop Car. Never heard of those movies. Screen written by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who did the Horrible Bosses series and Game Night. Both very funny movies. Yeah, Game Night is seriously underrated. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Oh, it's great. Um, Chris McKenna, who did uh, wrote several episodes of the American Dad series. Eric Summers from Cranky Anchors, Drawn Together, American Dad, the Lego Batman movie, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, as well as the newest Jumanji. And yes, he could have done the 1995 one because I don't think he's that old. <laughs> And it was 1995, but he did the most recent one, Welcome to the Jungle. Then why uh, didn't you say, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle? Because I don't like Guns N' Roses. 
That's I don't think it's a reference to Guns N' Roses. Why else would they use that tagline? Because Jumanji, and, and the Guns N' Roses in the jungle. No, you're in a board game, but an Atari game, I guess, in that one. But it, Welcome to the Jungle was wasn't that the theme but song? But Jumanji is based <laughs> in a jungle. Then why did the first one have that tagline? Because <laughs> it's, it's the name of the freaking game. Just, there is flat. And it is executive produced by Kevin Feige. Budget of $175 million. Box office gross, $880.2 million. Holy profit. Holy profit, Batman. Yeah. Uh, starring Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr., Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes slash The Vulture, John Favreau, Zendaya as MJ. Is it Zendaya Michelle. or Zendaya? You gotta get it right. I think it's Zendaya. Okay. I'm not mistaken. Hey, at me. I want to be your friend, too. Uh, Marissa Tomei as a foxy Aunt May <laughs> and Jacob Batalon as the best friend Ned um, foxy. Marissa Tomei got a lot of back alright I'm sorry she looks amazing for her age like how old is she I believe she's in her 50s yeah hold on I'm gonna, good for you I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the Google machine like she, she was in The Wrestler also looks amazing and like, she's also a great actress. She's, like, My Cousin Vinny, awesome movie. Holy crap. She's 54. <laughs> and she doesn't look it. No. At all. And she's really good at Aunt May. I'm glad they didn't go the older Aunt May route. And I, I saw there was a lot of backlash about it, but somebody, I, I, I think it might have been Kevin Feige, he was like, well, Peter Parker's, like, 16, 17, and Aunt May is the sister to his mother, so why would Aunt May be his grandma's age? Yeah, when the sister realistically that's had a kid I've like always thought about. Yeah, that's so actually a really good point. She would be in her late forties, early fifties, if you like do the math. So it makes even if she was an older sister, younger sister, we don't know. But still, that's why. Is Aunt May real, like the blood relative, or is Uncle Ben the blood uh, relative? Uncle Ben is the blood relative. Oh, but I don't know. But even if Uncle Ben is the blood relative, it, realistically yeah. speaking, he's going to marry somebody within, yeah. like, around his age, like, I was, statistically speaking. I was just asking because I didn't know. I don't I, know. I don't know if in this one... I was going to say, I think that actually changes, like... In this in this movie, these movies, I think, changed it. I think she, he might... Be, he might be related to her. Hey, Kevin Feige, over dinner, can we please talk about it and just <laughs> yeah, so I can get the backstory? I'll make you pop Anyway, Marissa Tomei, awesome job. I really appreciate that they did not pick a villain who they've used before. I know Vulture was rumored to be the villain in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4, um, but they decided to put him in this movie, which was a great choice. You do see the Shocker. You do see Matt Gargan, who's plays Scorpion. They don't... Uh, well, Shocker puts on the gloves, but Matt Gargan doesn't really get the Scorpion outfit. Um, you, so you have them there, they don't use Green Goblin, which was good, and it's awesome, like, I, I think Michael Keaton did a fantastic job. Yeah. Whenever he, when, like, when he did the Birdman movie, uh, like, redid his career, awesome. Um, I think this was a, probably the best Spider-Man movie they've done, other, no, that's not a lie. The first, the original one with Tobey Maguire was the best one, I think. This is definitely, like, a, that's like 1A, this is 1B. Solid, like, great movie. It's a young Peter Parker. He's believable as a 17-year-old kid. 
he could have been a little more nerdier. Like in the comic, the original comic, Peter Parker got picked on more. Um, I like the different route that they went with Flash. Like Flash wasn't this jock bully. Flash was a um, he's just like like a like a rich spoiled brat kid. Mm-hmm. Social he, media. He's a popular yuppie. Yeah, exactly. And like great he's choice. One of those gosh darn millennials. <laughs> I like how they don't tell you that. Zendaya is MJ until the end. She goes, oh, people call me MJ. And it's like, she's not Mary Jane Watson. She's just MJ. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a great twist on it. I actually heard there's like, there's a legal reason for that. And there's also like legal reasons why Marvel Studios hasn't used any of the villains that Sony used in their movies. Because like, apparently the deal that's worked out between them between, like, Sony and Marvel is really weird. So they can't do, like, one-to-one characters unless the deal gets broken or something like that. It's it's really complicated. John Favreau takes a bigger role in this as kind of, like, the mentor Spider-Man. Uh, and he's going to be calling him Daddy real quick. Daddy. He's going to be <laughs> the young dude, too. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., uh, Tony Stark, he kind of shows up. He's kind of prepping. I think this kind of foreshadows the events to come, especially in Homecoming. I'm sorry, Far From Home, that Peter is now taking up the mantle of what Iron Man stood for. Mm-hmm. And I think Tony is prepping him for that. Not like that exact scenario, but he's prepping him for, hey, this is like, you know, you're gonna, you're the future kid. Like, yeah. you're, the, you're, the, you're the first round draft pick and I'm Tom Brady and when I'm going you're you're in you're, well he got rid of jimmy g he threw him <laughs> to san francisco all right wait sports <laughs> what tom Sorry. brady's the greatest quarterback who ever lived fight me um said the flatter i will <laughs> said the flatter. you don't even like football <laughs> you don't even like football <laughs> Anyway, plot of this movie is they don't they don't go the origin route that Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man did. He already has his powers when we start, but he's still getting used to them. He's uh, patrolling the neighborhood. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's helping with low-level crime, but it, it takes place after you see the, it starts out with the events of Captain America: Civil War. He wants to be more active in the Avengers. He wants more responsibility, but they're like, no, 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 like you know, help old ladies and save cats from trees, kind of thing. And he ends up biting more than he can chew. He ends up spying on uh, Adrian Toomes and the Vulture. He goes out with his daughter, takes her to prom. Uh, and he... That's a great twist, yeah, by the no, way, that when was, you that find out. Good. And he puts the gun on the back of the seat. He goes, make sure you show my daughter a good time. <laughs> not, not too much fun. And it's just like... But like, it's like that very... It's solid acting on both their parts. Like, you know... His biggest secret, he's a superhero, you're a supervillain, and a crime, like, you're a crime lord. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know, like, just mind your business, kid. Like, he treats him as a kid. And that brings Tom Holland's Peter Parker back down to earth. He's not this person that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield tried to be. Yeah. Because, I'm not sure if it was because they were older, but they, they weren't, like... They didn't portray Peter as a kid that he should have been. He was like more like the college Peter, like later. He's a cool hipster that rode a skateboard. <laughs> right, and had the emo hair. But 
This one was just like, hey, you're you're a kid. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they really, in that scene alone, captured that character development between both of them. And I think that's one of the best and underlooked scenes in the movie. Um, you do see Aaron Davis uh, in this movie. Who Shout out Donald Glover, the goat. Be my friend, who plays... The... No, be my friend. Sure. I'll make you pop or crash too. So who ends up... I've been uh, listening to you since camp. We need the paprika scale. Would you be friends with this person in real life? I'd put the bacon fat in for Donald Glover. <laughs> if you are uh, familiar with the comics, Aaron Davis plays the Prowler, and he That's is also the best part. Miles is in the MCU. He's also the uncle to Miles Morales, who is eventually becomes Spider-Man. But that means Tom Holland is gonna die. No, Tom Holland is going to be like... It's going to be like uh, Hugh Jackman. He's going to be in the next Spider-Man of 20 years. Bro, they yeah, are totally doing the clone saga with Tom Holland. <laughs> if I don't oh, see I... it, I riot. Is that the one where he gets six arms and then just becomes a spider? No, you idiot. Show? That's the one where there's a bunch of clones. Oh. Oh, so the one where he gets six arms and becomes <laughs> a spider is the... Becomes a spider arc. Spider-Man, when... He stops the vulture eventually, um, but you show... It I'm shows, not done with my point. Hold on. He, I'm just kind of going with the plot, and then you can get to your point. All right. He Boom. stops the vulture eventually, uh, but it shows throughout the movie his, he's not this big, bad superhero. He's still a kid. And every time, like, he overcomes odds, but he struggles because he's a kid and he doesn't know how to be a superhero, yet he still... It's almost like superhero in training, and he's... It, this movie captures that exceptionally well. Make your point. Okay. In the Ultimates comics, in Miles' universe, Peter Parker died, like, when he was still relatively young. Wait, was it Peter Parker or Peter Porker? Peter Parker. Peter Porker was... Peter... Did he die eventually? Peter Parker or Peter Porker? I... Now I I'm confused. I only read the beginning of the Ultimates. I did not read Miles... Peter died because Doc Ock killed him, I'm pretty sure. This is one of the few comics that I'm actually will versed Somebody in. fact check that, please. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go grab the Ultimates. <laughs> right so, there. But anyway, um, I think that killing Tom Holland when he's still a teenager would be awesome. As morbid <laughs> as that sounds. Now I'm on a list. But anyway. Like... <laughs> Think about it. Like that would be such an yeah, intense moment uh, in the movies. Like he finally gets how to become a superhero, and then bam, he's dead. How's your financial situation? Me personal? Yeah. Do you not like printing money? Why would you want to kill your your golden goose? Because well, he's like twenty years old. He will do this for the next twenty years. He's not. He's is 40. he actually twenty years? He's old? really no. Young. He's actually. Okay. I think twenty three. Hold on. Whatever. He's not thirty like goose. everybody else. He's gonna be doing this till he's fifty. Eh, no. And then like no. this is printing no, no, no. money. He's not doing it. Till Make it rain. Yeah, Hugh Jackman did. Yeah, but that's different. Hugh Jackman doing it for seventeen years. Yeah, but Tom Holland still has a career. Hugh Jackman kind of peaked. What? Thomas Stanley Holland not? is 23. Did you not watch Les Mis? Yeah. Did you? That's why I said he peaked. Yeah. <laughs> I own it. Les Mis is that's a garbage movie. 
You're garbage. That's. The, uh, I was gonna say. Say that to my microphone's face. Not. Um. No, I don't think I don't think Tom Holland is gonna be Spider-Man for twenty years. Because nah. everybody, all the original superheroes in Marvel weren't even for ten. So what's gonna keep Tom Holland from being when, stuck in Marvel? They also weren't money? twenty when they started. To be fair, also true. He weren't twenty. Yeah, printing money. I guess. Like you literally have a printing press in this this man. Yeah, look how much money Robert Downey Jr. made, and he was like, nah. Yeah, but he's mad old. Yeah, and I feel like when you're 20, and you're going to be like, oh, you're going to be Spider-Man for the next He's a nice guy, though. He wants to to do it for the kids. No, but think about it from your perspective. You're 20 years old. (laughs) You've made a lot of money. And some guy, our best friend Kevin, is going to come (laughs) up and be like, you're going to be Spider-Man for the next 30 years. And you're going to be like, are you just going to be like, okay? Yeah. No, you're not. Sign my check, no. please. <laughs> Five years in, you're going to be like, this sucks. I want to be in a shitty artsy film where some three guys in Sun... Yeah, three guys at the Sundance Festival will see it and be like, that but was deep. There's, he could do that, too. Eh. He's not saying he, he's not exclusive to that. He wants to be validated outside of movies. I mean, I, I think that... I mean, he seems like a very appreciated kind of guy. Like, I, I think, like, he wouldn't... He wouldn't just, like, dick him over and be like, oh, peace, go get another one. Reboot. Fourth time. Yeah. The only way you're going to do that is if you kill him and then Miles comes. Which I could see them doing. Yeah. But I wouldn't do that until he's at, you got at least four or five movies out of him. No. no. Well, if you're doing four or five spider movies, that's, I don't think that's a good business decision. Yeah, but you also got to remember here, like, Sony might just pull him back into their universe and fire Tom Holland. At any time. And then we have Venom. Yeah. Hey, Ron, what grade would you give this movie? <laughs> Thanks, Mike. That's actually a really great question. Uh, probably my grade would be an F minus. No, sorry, we can't do minuses. F plus. Um, this film was... This film was pretty god darn bad. I walked into it, and I was going to be like, oh, great, another Tobey Maguire film. And what do I see? I see a bunch of high schoolers... And it's just so dumb, and, like, he has kill mode, and, like, a yellow jacket coat, and this movie was horrible. Like, zero out of ten. Would never do again. So, A plus for me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Actually, probably, like, a B. Yeah, it was pretty good. This, I think this film is, like, one of the, like, Marvel does a great job casting. I think this is the movie where they did their best in casting. Yeah, uh, A plus for me. Uh, no complaints. Yeah, <laughs> Ned whatsoever. is probably one of my favorite characters in the universe. He's great. Shout out to my friend Gino, who's my Ned. Another great movie coming up on our list is Thor Ragnarok, coming out November third, two thousand seventeen, directed by Taika Waititi, who directed Two Cars and One Night Short, which he was nominated for an Oscar, and What We Do in the Shadows. Screen written by Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, and Christopher Yost. Executive producer by our future friend Kevin Feige. Budget of $180 million. Box office gross $854 million. Holy nice. profit, Batman. And it starred the usual suspects of Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, new people to the show, or to the movie, were Kate Blanchett as Hella. Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. Mark Ruffalo at, was in this movie as the Hulk. 
Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, Carl Urban as Scourge, and Taika Waititi does play Korg. Um, first off, Taika Waititi m- might be one, might be the next, I don't know, Tarantino level type or like Spielberg level type director. I'm going to call it right now. Does he like feed as much as Tarantino? I don't know. Dude's awesome. <laughs> All right. Cor- like when he plays Korg, it's like, I wonder if he's like, I don't know. The, the dude is amazing. The revolution has begun. <laughs> if I ever write a movie, I want Taika Waititi to direct it. All right, that's fair. Taika Waititi is like, he's got that Jojo Rabbit movie coming out, which is like, dude, what? Are you, that's, uh, I think Ta- whatever Taika Waititi is going to touch is going to become gold. Okay. I also think Jeff Goldblum wasn't acting in this movie. <laughs> I think he was straight up being himself. He reminds me of the, the Hotels.com commercial yeah. guy. Like I feel like that's what he was. Is life Jeff Goldblum? Life finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he comes in first day, goes into dress room. He's already wearing this, like, extravagant robe. And they're just like, all right, get him out there. <laughs> like, hey, Ron, why don't you take us through the plot? <laughs> you got it there, Mikey. So Thor Ragnarok uh, picks up where Guardians of the Galaxy 2 ends. So, basically, Thor is sitting in a cage, and Thor is just like, oh, man, my life sucks. I've been looking for this this thing, and I haven't found it. And then, all of a sudden, Thor, like, has to battle this big, like, molten lava guy, and then he gets chased by a dragon, and then Carl Urban is like, my stuff. And, like, um, so what happens is, like, it's the movie, and then Thor is just like, where's Odin? And Loki's like, I don't know. And then, like, they go to Earth, and they find Odin. And he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? I'm dead. And then he dies. And then, like, <laughs> so Kate Blanchett comes in, and she's like, oh, my God, he's dead now, isn't he? And then Loki's like, no, he's not. And then she, like, breaks Thor's hammer. And then Thor, like, goes to this world, like, Jeff Goldblum land, and he gets a haircut. And then, like, the Hulk's there, and Thor's all like, oh my god, it's, it's my friend from work! And Hulk's like, I don't like you anymore. Hulk and Thor are, are beating each other up, and then all, all of a sudden, Hulk wakes up, and he, oh, sorry, Thor wakes up, and he's like, oh my god, is that Tessa Thompson, international superstar? <laughs> and then it is, and Hulk's naked. And so they're That's like, true. we gotta, we gotta battle these guys. We gotta get off the planet. And then Hulk turns back into Bruce Banner, and he's just like, "Was I naked?" And Thor was like, "Yeah, kinda." And so like they like go through someone's anus, and then they're they're back in Asgard. And then um, so Cape Blanchett is just like, "This is my world now." And then Hulk's like, "Well, I can't defeat you, but that giant molten rock thing from the first five minutes can." And then it does. And so the movie is like, oh, man, Thor's good. And Loki's learning to be not Loki anymore. And then, like, the movie ends with Thanos about to kick their ass. Ron, I know you're sober, but that was the perfect drunk history interpretation <laughs> of that movie. But you're all correct. Yeah. Nailed it. This movie's an A. I agree. It's the best Thor movie. Yeah. It's the only good Thor movie. Mm-hmm. It's an A, hundred percent. A plus. It's a B plus. There. It, a plus. I watched it recently. It's funny, and I didn't realize it was like almost two and a half hours long. It went by so fast. 
Yeah, action's like, great, plot's great, the side characters are great. The it was fight, actually funny. Yeah, the fight at the end um, against Hela and Asgard, it kind of like brings it all together. It takes uh, Planet Hulk into account mm. a little bit. Um, it sets up for Infinity War at the mm-hmm. at the very end. Yeah, the after credit scene. And um, Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster, hilarious. It's just Jeff Goldblum. Um, <laughs> it, it introduces Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, who's going to, I think, be a very important character going forward. And um, it shows a more humanistic, as Loki becomes a more humanist, humanistic character. Uh, I think it can show, Hela as a character also shows the power that some of these cosmic beings have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that we're, we're what we're going to see going forward and what we're going to see even into the future of phase four five and beyond so yeah i mean there's not much bad to say about it it's uh could have used some beta ray bill but oh, um you know we could save that for thor love and thunder <laughs> but uh a plus man I, I great movie you know what this mo- this movie had like a lot of flash gordon vibes to it too yeah. which i think flash. did it really well for it um but yeah you nailed it like it was a really good movie i'm glad i watched it also the graphics for each thor movie get better with each one like the title sequence mm-hmm. and it's like it's more like out there. Oh, this was also one of the movies where the CG department is totally like just showing off. <laughs> like Doctor Strange was like, "Yeah, we're gonna like oh yeah, fall out. Doctor Strange <laughs> refills Thor's beer in this. How could I forget that?" And then Loki's oh, yeah. like, "I've been falling oh, yeah. for thirty minutes." <laughs> I forgot about that, and I watched the movie like three hours ago. <laughs> so that's gonna wrap up this part. Uh, part one of phase three join us next time true believers we're gonna dive right into black panther and we're gonna get into the avengers infinity war skip ant-man and the wasp and go (laughs) into no no i watched it last night for the first time i have opinions (laughs) (laughs) if you haven't already please give us a follow at pop culture fed on twitter Uh, i'm sure other social media will come as we get going with this, uh, and uh, any lasting comments before we sign off? True believers. Subs- My name is Ron. Like, subscribe, download, delete the download, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-download, listen. Smash that like button like it owes you money. Yeah, um, but other than that, I'm gonna go put pants on. Remember, kids, Earth's flat. <laughs>